Did that motherfucker just call me a twat? Oh, he did. What's up, twats? So before we get started, I was listening to our last episode. Cheers. Oh, cheers. Oh, dang. We have plastic cups again. Solo cups. Um. Anyway, yesterday on my way to and from work, it was a long one. I was listening to our last episode that we posted, and when I was talking about the Octagon Mansion, I noticed that in the Boyd Museum statement, I said. Because originally I was like, there's over 180 cases in Withville by itself. But then I noticed when I was reading the statement from the Boyd Museum, mm-hmm. how they were saying that they had the most per capita in like the whole country. Right. Right there in Withville. I said they had 85 polio patients, mm-hmm. but they had 185. Oh, not, oh. well, shit. Not 85. Because originally when I was talking about it, I was like, they had over 180 cases. And then I read the statement and I'm like, they had 85 cases. And I'm like, oops. So they had 185 <laughs> cases. And also, remember when you were talking about the Mandela effect? I was like, I made up something With to Alicia. Alicia. Yeah. And she was like, no way! That is real. <laughs> so also, on my way home from work, I remembered what it was. So I had to tell you. Okay. I told, because we were talking about Shazam. Yes. Right? Yes. And so it just popped in my head. And so I did it. I was like, Alicia. Have you heard of a movie called Space Jam? <laughs> She's like, yes. Everybody has heard of Space and Jam. And I was like, never a movie. <laughs> and she was like, shut up. And I was like, no, everyone remembers Space Jam, but it wasn't a movie. And she's like, everybody get out this time. Right. Now. She's like, I even remember There's this a song. song. And I was like, no, it was never a thing. And she was freaking out. And she's like, Oh my god, that is real. Like, right. Mandela effect is so real. She's like, I can picture it in my head right now. <laughs> and I just like let it go for a few minutes and then I was like, I'm just kidding. Just Space, kidding. Space Jam is real. She's like, you dick. But I thought it was so funny that, because I knew that would be something she rem- remembered right. too. And she was like, Space Jam. Shut up. And I was like, no, for real. It was, it was never a show. And she was like, oh. My God. Like, right. I can picture it in my head. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. <laughs> what a bitch. <laughs> That's I, a good one. I know. I like to play jokes. That's like, from, a good one. From our generation, everyone fucking knows Space Jam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so. Well, you totally got me last week with mm-hmm. the whole... I mean, not a Mandela effect, but the I whole, know. like, Octagon Mansion thing. You were like, yeah, and only... Females under 40, one of them always dies. I was like, what? That's like my favorite thing to do, honestly. Well, you really had me going. <laughs> and then you're like, by the way, we're going. I'm like, what? No. Yeah. And then they die? 42. <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys listened all the way to the end of the last episode. Which you should have. You'll know <laughs> that what I told Katie about the people dying that were females under 40, 40. Yeah. was fake. Just because I wanted to you know, rile her up a little bit before I told her we were going there. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, before we start, I wanted to tell Katie, I found this, um, article 
And it says 21 facts you probably don't want to know, but I'm telling you anyway. I probably know at least half of them. <laughs> Let's see. I love Some facts. of them are very strange. Number one, there are over 200 corpses on Mount Everest, and they are used as waypoints for climbers. I did know that. I have seen that recently. Yeah. That's the only way I knew it. Um, number two. I feel like, uh, did you ever, like, I wonder if those people climbed... They were climbing Everest, and they were like, you know, if I ever die up here, I would love to be, like, what are the, you know, when you're giving directions to somebody, and it's, yeah, I'm like, having, like, the biggest brain fart. They like, call them, on like this a, article, they call them waypoints. Yeah, but, you know, when you're giving directions to somebody, and you're, you're like, like, a landmark that they turn, like, That's on. what I'm thinking yeah. of, a landmark. Like, I hope I become a human landmark. Yeah. Like, <laughs> turn left at the McDonald's. Please turn left at me Fred. There. Yeah, when you see Katie on the left, frozen, turn to the right. Right. Um, Number two, rabbits will eat their own young if they're stressed enough. What the fuck? Ew. This one is weird, too. Damn it, Thumper. (laughs) Yeah, that is weird, but even fish eat that shit. I have to, like... I feel like there's other animals that do that, I had a pregnant fish once, and I was like, they're going to eat all the babies. And I was like, fuck, and really only one survived. A lot of aggressive fish do that, actually. Uh, It was just like a little, you know... Fucking one little at the asshole. pet store. Um, I can't remember what it's called now. <laughs> but. Little asshole fish. Number three. This is all it says, and I'm not quite sure what it means. Okay. Your skeleton is wet. Well, yeah. <laughs> like with your blood. The while inside of your, your body. body is wet. I don't know. Okay. Number four. It takes longer to say www than it does to say World Wide Web. Which I can see. Yeah. That. Yeah, it does. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Number five, in toddlers, their adult teeth are right underneath their eyes. Ew! <laughs> Isn't that creepy to think about? Uh, yeah. Because their heads are so small, and they uh, have to move down. Yeah. All I right. mean, ew, now that I'm thinking about it, that's gross! Now it makes me want to Google what, like, a toddler's so skull looks like. just is now having a tooth come down from under his eye to come in the front. God. The rest are still up there. Shut up! Oh, now I'm gonna like every time I look at my kid, I'm gonna be like, mm, "You have teeth in your cheeks. You're gross." <laughs> okay, my kid's losing teeth. Or by the way, so like his adult teeth are starting to. Come yes. Out. So that means Dexter's are fully under his eyes at this moment. <laughs> this oh, one, gross. I don't know if this one is true. This okay. is number six. Okay. No one knows how anesthetics actually work. Mm-hmm. Anytime they put you under for a routine operation. There's currently no scientific explanation as to why you are unconscious. Unconscious. So they're just drugging us all willy-nilly? Well, they know it puts you under and they know that they can bring you out. But they don't, I guess. They I don't, don't know, know why. They don't know why that. Then why are some of them called is, nerve blocks? Because they block your nerves. Well, those are different. Those don't put you under. Those they're still anesthetics, you. though. Yeah, that's true, too. But, Interesting. Um, I don't know. That's what this Somebody says. find me a doctor. This one's creepy. Okay. Creep so, me out. the TSA did not catch 95% of the guns and other paraphernalia going through airports during a government-run experiment. Oh, I'm, I'm not shocked at all. <laughs> it's scary, though. Uh, number eight, the picture for your funeral program may have already been taken. Uh, that's true. Yeah, it's true and creepy. All right, Mandy, I'm Very finding creepy. one for you that has no makeup on. <laughs> no. <laughs> Make sure kidding. I look like a fucking beauty model. She's a beauty queen. I'm a beauty queen. <laughs> um, I'll find one with pink hair. 
Barcode scanners scan the white parts, not the black, in case what? you were wondering. No way. <laughs> 10. Dogs like squeaky toys because it reminds them of a small animal being killed. What the fuck? <laughs> Damn it. 11. I feel like that was made up. I don't know. I mean, if, I mean, it makes sense. If but I was I feel talking like about it was cats, I'd believe it because of Khaleesi. Right. I mean, I would believe it just because cats are fucking <laughs> psycho. But I don't know. I feel like dogs are innocent enough. Like, if they've never been around a little animal dying, how would they know? Yeah. Maybe it's. Maybe if they were closely. An instinct or something. But maybe if they were more closely related to wolves, but they descended from wolves Ooh. like hundreds of thousands of years ago. All right. So this one. Is stupid. I'll just preface it with that. Right. (laughs) Alert. Eleven. You don't know if there's a secret everybody knows except you. Huh. Shit. I mean, I guess not. I mean, that's true. It's a mind bender. It's too much for me right now. That would give me a lot of anxiety if I really sat and thought about it. Right. I'd be like, does anyone have a Xanax? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm left out of this giant... Yeah, everyone knows something but me. Right. And then I would start to think, is it about me? Wait till I get to number 13. (laughs) Shat. It's fucking My favorite number. Okay. But for now, we're at 12. Okay. Genghis Khan killed so many people in his wake that the farmlands they used to re... No. Hold on. I gotta reread that. Okay. Genghis Khan killed so many people in his wake that the farmlands they had used returned to being forests. He did this at such a scale that it actually significantly reduced carbon in the atmosphere. Too bad he also impregnated so many fucking people. He also repopulated with the amount of people he killed. Like, he replaced them too. So the amount of cons out there is immense. I mean, I don't think they have his last name, but... Well, I'm saying con genetic. Yeah. Yeah. Here's number 13. Okay. Wow me. The F2. I can't even say it. (laughs) Here we go. The FDA allows small amounts of rat droppings in candy bars. Oh, you just ruined a Twix for me forever. Now again. God damn it. I knew about like. This is on BuzzFeed. I'm not quite sure. I knew about like insects and shit. Yeah. I did not know about rat shit. That's so gross. Trace amounts. Trace amounts. You're fine. Yeah. But what does the FDA classify as a trace amount? Probably enough to not make you sick. Probably enough that comes from one rat. That's so gross. (laughs) Per Snickers. God damn it. Number 14. (laughs) Hmm. If you live to become the oldest person alive, the entire human population has been re- replaced in your lifetime, except you. Jesus, I never thought of it that way. It's really weird to say that. Wow. I'm not worried about being the oldest person alive ever. I'm being, I because... would be more afraid to be like the last person that like. Oh my gosh, yes. If like. Like my whole family's dead, but here I am still fucking kicking and it's like, ugh. Right. I would be more scared of that too. And I'm not talking about generations below me. I'm talking about like my spouse and my kids under me and like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not talking about my five times just great grandkids. Right, right, right. All right. 15. Butterflies have been known to drink blood. Hmm. Never heard that one. Okay. It doesn't say from humans, so that's okay. (laughs) <laughs> this is silly, but it's true. <laughs> 16. Thanks to pregnancy, the average number of skeletons in a human body is greater than one. 
No shit. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. 17. Cannibalism is pretty damn common in hamsters. Well, ew. <laughs> <laughs> and rabbits, apparently. Let's see. Oh, interesting. 18. People who freeze to death are sometimes found naked because as they near dangerously low body heat, they get the sensation that they are burning hot, so they take off their clothes. Interesting. Yes. Now, I don't know if I've talked to you about this, but I think so. Dyatlov Pass? Yeah. Where the hikers, some of them are found naked. Yeah. And I'm wondering if maybe that has something to do with it. It's <clears> interesting <throat> that you mentioned that because I have that in my arsenal of things to talk about. Oh, yeah. That's a really... I like that one. I love that story. Um, <laughs> 19. Your belly button is just as old as your mouth. Truth. So is your <laughs> asshole. Let's see. There's two more. 20. You pass the anniversary of your death every year. Truth. Oh, creepy. Yeah. And finally, <laughs> 21. Moths will vibrate their genitals. Genitals. <laughs> as a way to prevent a bat from locating them. Me too. <laughs> Same, dude. Every day. So that's exactly what I do. I shake my vag to make sure bats don't find me. Again, that was <laughs> moths will vibrate their genitals, genitals as a way <laughs> to prevent a bat from locating them. So, guys and girls. So, make sure your vagina has sonar. Yeah, if you're afraid of bats, <laughs> just start fucking shaking your rump and you're good to go. Not your rump, your shit. Your front shit. <laughs> Not your back shit. Your front shit. As I tell my kids, your front butt. I was just about to say that. Shake your front butt. Shake your front butt. <laughs> Unfortunately, my five-year-old has definitely learned the word wiener, and I hear that constantly. But. You can use the word penis. It's okay. Penile. I know. Is it better for him to say wiener or penis? He thinks wiener is pretty funny. It is like, funny, oh, but stop saying that. I get. I mean, I guess it's better than like my snake. Oh, gross! My hog or something. My hog. <laughs> Ride my hog. My trunk. Be like, no. <laughs> Nobody's allowed to ride your hog. He'd be like, do elephants have wieners? I'm like, uh, yeah, they're as big boy. as their face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, I thought that was, those were some interesting things I just looked up today. So I have books and books and books filled with like random facts like that. That's They're so fun. They're my favorite thing in the world. Just like my brain is Filled with like useless information like that. Right. I love that shit. All right. I like now too. hold on. Okay. Before we get into our stories, okay. we have to give them the update mm. about your neighbor. Okay. Mandy told me the creepiest thing happened. Excuse me. Ooh, good vodka. <laughs> about how she was outside the other night and heard screaming coming from her creeper-ass neighbor's house. So I want her to tell you guys all about it. So, like, in my head, I feel like, yes, trust your instinct. We don't trust him. We feel mm-hmm. like he's weird. But mm-hmm. I'm still, like, the logical side of me is, like, I'm probably just, like, overreacting. There's, you know. Right. It's not that big of a deal. But then the overpowering side is like, trust your gut. But you have to trust your gut, you know? Absolutely. And it gets worse and worse. Like, I just don't trust him. Mm -hmm. Especially after last time when we talked about how he got my daughter over in his yard Mm -hmm. and, like, wanted to show her stuff. And 
He got her. That's not anything that a 13 year old girl would even give a fuck about. No, and he got her to trust him. She came in the house and I was like, what did you do? And she was like, he's so nice. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, you can't go to his house if he asks you to come. And my husband and my 19 year old son were like, she cannot do that. Yeah. And I was like, I know. I didn't know she was doing that, you yeah. know? Put the fear of God in her. So, you know, and I, again, was talking about abducted in plain sight. That girl trusted the shit out of that guy that took her mm-hmm. and then told her aliens were going to kill her if he didn't rape her. So I just weird Right. Shit. So The I, only difference is, is her parents were fucking stupid, too. Yeah. And so we are all like, we see the signs early. Not that that's what he is. I'm not accusing him of that. But he totally is. But I'm saying if you if you feel uncomfortable with someone, you just don't interact with them or you don't allow your kids you, near them. Yeah, you follow not. your instincts. So anyway, so I think it was um I want to say it was Sunday or Monday and today is Wednesday. So it was very recent. I was on my deck and I was the only one outside. It was like 1:30 in the morning and to my left, I heard what sounded like a female scream. But it was, it was, it's not like it was right next to my head. Mm-hmm. But you know, when you hear that, you automatically turn your head in the direction of the sound. Right. right. And I was like, what the fuck? So I turned and it was coming from the direction of my neighbor's house. And I think it was maybe inside his house. Right. Because it wasn't super loud. Mm-hmm. And so then I started listening closer and it sounded like he was arguing with someone but they weren't saying anything back like i just heard him like like shouting like yelling yeah but again it wasn't super loud i could only hear it because it was dead quiet outside right and i think it was coming from inside his house okay um and so then i like walked off my deck and i started walking through my yard close to his fence to see if i could hear anything and i was getting really scared and i was like i don't know if i should get this close i could just picture him like Jumping over the fence and running at me or something. Right. But, um... I think he has, like, a IR camera point at your house. Anyways. I'm not sure, but it definitely sounded like he was, um, otherwise engaged at the moment, you know? Right. So, um, I just, I stopped hearing it. I got kind of scared and I went back on my deck. And I couldn't hear yelling anymore. So I went inside. And then I had that, like, moral battle with myself, like, okay, if there's someone over there mm-hmm. in trouble like i can't just ignore it so i was like fuck so i went back outside and front or back out back okay so i went back outside and i didn't hear anything and i stayed out there for a little bit to see if i heard like a scream again or him yelling or something and i didn't hear anything but like it was what i was thinking in my head was like maybe it was a movie he was watching and the TV was like really loud. But I'm like, how the fuck did That's I oddly heard loud. his TV? Like I get when I hear the music from my yard because he's blasting in his house. You don't blast your TV like that. And you wouldn't and so, only just hear that little bit. So you know when his music is blasting mm-hmm. and you can hear it from my deck. And, and you feel it like reverberating But it's like house. it's still quiet for music. But you can hear it through uh-huh. his walls. That's about the, the volume it was. Mm-hmm. So, but if you only heard yelling and screaming and then nothing else, well, I heard the scream first and right. I was like, what the fuck? And I looked over and I, then I heard like the yelling, but so it was muffled and quiet tur to me. Uh-huh. But like, if you think about how loud his music is, has to be for us to hear it outside of his walls. Right. It was like about that level. Right. But if my point is though, like if all you heard was a muffled scream and then you heard a man yelling. Yeah. 
but you didn't hear like background music or anything no. that would otherwise be evident that it's like a television. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. The reason we now keep um, updating you guys on this is so that we have like timestamps of when we talked about these different events in case something when were he to gets happen. arrested for being a serial killer. <laughs> Let's hope that's not the case. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, just little things keep happening, and my gut instinct is like, stay away, stay away, stay away. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna fucking stay away. He's creepy as shit. Right. Anyway, he is scary. Something. I don't know. There's something, and we'll keep you updated on anything else that happens. Maybe we can ask the spirits about him. Maybe one day. Maybe we'll get we an should answer. ask uh, the person we're trying to uh, get in contact with. Our yes. medium. Oh, I already have some some questions like that lined up in my head. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, hopefully we'll have some guest speakers for you coming up soon. Mm-hmm. We're trying to get some stuff lined up. But when we get back from this amazing song. We have some stories for you. Stay tuned. Katie. That was awesome. now yeah but katie has no idea that the song she's singing is very relevant to my story i only know because she started to save she doesn't realize she started to save our recording and she was like i'm just gonna save it under dance mania and i was like what and i was like that's not what i'm talking about is that what you're talking about she's like kind of like what that's the most random shit ever (laughs) well because tonight i'm talking about Dance mania, obviously. Choreomania, which means choreo, like choreo, yeah, choreography. Choreomania, choreography. <laughs> choreomania. <laughs> choreography. Which mania? also means dance mania. Okay. Crazy. Why did you find such a weird topic? It is yeah. called the dancing plague. <gasps> uh-huh. Yes. Also known as Saint Vitus's dance. Choromania was a truly bizarre medieval phenomenon from from Central Europe. It involved spontaneous and continuous dancing by crowds of people until they collapsed through exhaustion or worse, died. I feel like that was me in my past life. (laughs) You're you're a victim of choromania? All of the Facebook quizzes I took told me that I was a queen, but I think that was really my calling. (laughs) (laughs) She was more of a dancing queen. (laughs) But not in the cool Dancing way. Queen. It was more of the choreo mania queen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the cool queen with like the fabulous hair and the flags. And like the bloody feet because she just couldn't stop dancing. Because I dropped dead from <laughs> exhaustion. 
So bizarre as it sounds, choreomania was regularly reported by eyewitnesses as a genuine concern for authorities. It seems to have been contagious. For example, in like June... Like mass hysteria? Pretty much. In June of 1374, one of the widest outbreaks began in Aachen, Germany, before spreading to other places such as Cologne, Flanders, Utrecht, and later Italy. So that was... There the... was no Italy then, so that's interesting. No, it said eventually it would spread to those areas. Oh, okay. So 1374... Like it wasn't Italy then. <laughs> no, 1374 was one of the widest outbreaks in Germany. Right. And then it spread later to all these other places. I got you. So, Cause, okay. this, so a week before the Festival of Mary Magdalene in 1518, Frau Trofea stepped out of her home and started to dance. Her legs took her this way and that. She danced all day <laughs> and she? into the evening until she collapsed. Muscles twitching and full of sweat, she slept for a few hours before waking and starting her bizarre dance all over again. On the third day of her dance, her shoes were soaked with blood. She was exhausted, but there was no rest for her weary body. Did anyone try chopping her feet off? (laughs) Well, because I would have begged for someone to chop my feet off. Onlookers watched until days later, Frau Trofea was taken to a shrine to be healed for her affliction, but it was too late. Other people had been compelled to dance in the streets. 30 dancers quickly climbed to 400 people who danced until their feet were raw or died. What? Till their feet died or they died? Till they died. Till their feet died. So till their feet were raw or they danced until they died. Jesus. Um, As more and more people went into the streets during the month of August, their legs jerking in a kind of macabre dance, the people of the city became frightened. The dancers appeared to be mad and onlookers debated who was to blame. God or the devil, which in those times, those were your two choices. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, by the time, by the time there were hundreds of people dancing in the streets, bloody, sweaty, and beyond exhausted, it is estimated that as many as 15 people were dying from the dancing plague each day. Jeez. What a fucking weird plague. (laughs) Like just, it's like a flash mob, but they're like under a spell. it's like uncontrollable. (laughs) It's like the Pied Piper yeah. with the kids. Yeah. So, like, something happened making these adults fucking dance till they die. Well, I feel like the f- something was wrong with the first woman, and that's probably how her body reacted to it. And then it became, like, mass hysteria. Yes, but at the same time, if if you're doing it and you're not really being compelled to do it, and your feet are cut up and bleeding, you're going to stop at some point. These people kept going until they fucking died. Well, but with mass hysteria, um, yeah, it's like a psychological. Thing. It's a hundred percent psychological, and so you're you're gonna mimic exactly what happens to the first person, and I mean it can go to the extreme with like that happened like to death, right? And it's all psychological. No, I know, but it's still like if your body's feeling pain. You would think something would trigger you. You would think, but in the but in their mind, it's like it happened to this person. It's going to happen to me, and right. they keep going and they keep going and they keep going. When really, it's, I mean, it's not as cut and dry as mind over matter, right? But if it in black and white terms, that's what it is. 
But say say it's a town. This is what's so crazy to me. Like it's almost like they need the a placebo effect to were, like shut it down. The populations were a lot smaller back then. They were. And so if in this one town it gets up to four hundred of them doing this in the street. It takes one person from another town to see it. It gets in their brain. And they well, And then I'm somebody saying, sees it. I mean it's kind of it's kind of like let's say I came over here right. and I saw your family going fucking crazy. Right. It's planted in my brain. And I'm like, it's right. not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But it fucking happens. And then like my mom starts doing it and Austin starts doing it and my neighbor sees it. And before you know, all of my area is doing it. Right. And then somebody from Manassas sees it and then it spreads to Manassas. You know what I mean? It's right. It's all like that. I think. Yeah, I no, I I agree too. But like in the same streets where she was dancing, uh-huh. there was four hundred fucking people. That's crazy. That's got to be like almost the whole town. One would think, yeah. I mean, for back then, you know what I mean? Yeah, because it started with her, then thirty. And where did in. she live? Let's see. Fro. It just says she stepped out of her home the week before the festival of Mary Magdalene. Huh. So it didn't say And there could be a was. billion festivals with Mary Magdalene. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Especially back then. Oh, yeah. All over Europe. So anyway. Huh. Jeez. So f- up to 15 were dying each day. But what was the underlying cause of the dancing plague? Could it have been mass hysteria? Or was it an actual plague caused by a virus? To this day, no one knows what caused the dancing plague in Stra- Strasbourg. Oh, Strasbourg that was, was big. The, that was in the 15th. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Strasbourg was big. I mean, not like it is now, but back then it yeah. was it was a big town. Um, and so in Strasbourg and other parts of Western Europe, mm-hmm. but there are plenty of opinions on what may have happened. Cool. At the time, some people believed that the dancing was a curse brought about by Saint Vitus or Vitus. I'm not sure which one it is. We're just gonna Americanize it and call it what it is. Yeah. So he was, according to Christian legend, a Christian saint from Sicily. Huh. So they responded by praying and making pilgrim- pilgrimages to the places um, dedicated to St. Vitus. The recovery of some victims further bolstered and perceived the connection between illness and the saint. Um, Pericle- Paracelsus. Paracelsus? Where am I looking? First word. Paracelsus. Paracelsus. Paracelsus, who was a physician and an alchemist in Strasbourg in 1526, just a few years after the dancing plague incident, he became the first to write about Frau Trophea, which I'm not also sure if that's correct pronunciation. (laughs) And he was the first to use the term choreomania to describe the dancing sickness. He had his own opinion of the cause of the dancing plague. It turned out that Frau Trophea's husband absolutely hated it when she would dance. She probably looked <clears throat> ridiculous. And some of the people of Strasbourg believe that she started her dance simply to annoy her husband. <laughs> um, Paracelsus broke down the dancing sickness into three causes. First, it was born out of imagination. Second, people may have joined in the dance out of sexual frustration. Interesting. <laughs> Finally, there may have been bodily causes for some of the people who exhibited uncontrolled dancing. Ultimately, Paracelsus felt that unhappy wives were the main cause of the dancing plague. Unhappy wives? Yeah. And apparently sexually frustrated people. That's a lot of words for I have a tiny dick. Um, (laughs) Well, I get why they're saying that because 
they're saying she was a pissed off wife whose husband hated when she danced. So she just went outside and started dancing. I get that part. The other part is sexual frustration. Yeah. I'm sorry, when I'm sexually frustrated, the last thing I'm going to do is dance. Dance until I die in the street. Right, dance until my feet bleed (laughs) off. (laughs) And I drop dead with 400 of my closest townsmen. (laughs) Townsmen? You sound like a fogey when you say that. Of my my villagers. I'm going to turn into the village idiot because I'm sexually frustrated. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Okay. That's going to really get you some sex. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go over there and have sex with the village idiot. <laughs> Says everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so different methods were used to try and cure those affected with the dancing mania. One of the more common methods Excuse involved. Excuse me. We're editing village idiot. <laughs> Why? <laughs> She's now the village idiot. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, d- different methods were used. Um, one of the more common methods involved binding, which makes sense. Jeez. Well, it makes sense, though. Like, it sounds uncomfortable, though. Like, if her body's, like, jerking around uncontrollably. Yeah, but if someone wants she's, like, being bound. If you think someone's, like, under a spell and they won't stop dancing. Or possessed like, by you're the gonna... devil. Yeah, that's another one. Right. So you would try and get them to stop dancing, thinking, like, maybe they're dancing. And those times, they're saying maybe they're dancing as casting the spell itself or right. spreading the curse or whatever you know what I mean mm-hmm. so binding makes sense but um victims of the sickness were bound in cloths similar to the way we wrap babies in a swaddling cloth yeah straight jacket this prevented the victims <laughs> from dancing themselves bloody some of the victims also claimed that tightness around the They're just going to struggle stomach... themselves to disjoint themselves. Right. God. But some claimed that the tightness around the stomach helped relieve them from their madness a few requested to be punched or stomped on the stomach for relief. So that's Aww. weird, though. That's weird, though, because all three of those things involve something with your stomach. And that relieved it. It makes you... Like, if you punch me in the stomach, stomp me in the stomach, or wrap me really tight in the stomach, they felt better. That's interesting. Isn't that weird? But Paris... Again, get me a doctor. <laughs> but Paracelsus recommended his own care for the dancing disease. He labeled the sufferers as whores and scoundrels. See? Whores. And felt that they should be treated as awfully as he named them. First, he insisted that they should be locked up in a dark room. The more unpleasant the room, the better. See? Lots of words for little dick. Mm -hmm. Second, the victims should fast and only be allowed bread and water. No word is given on whether the cruel treatment worked or not but it could not have been any worse than the exorcisms performed by the church on the victims of dance mania. He's a dick. Well, and you know, by being one, that doesn't mean he has one. Exactly. God. So there was also many exorcisms performed on these people. Cause it makes sense for the time for the time. That the yeah. church would be like, these They're people possessed. are possessed. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, contemporary explanations, which, I wouldn't really say this is, like, super contemporary. Right. It says, um, so contemporary explanations for the dancing plague included demonic possession and overheated blood. Uh, what? <laughs> overheated blood? Yeah. You know, that makes like you that a little just dancey. Hot. Makes you a little dancey. When I have a fever, nothing makes me want to dance more. When my blood gets hot from vodka, I'm a little bit more dancey than normal. When my blood gets hot from a fever, I want to die. <laughs> but I don't want to dance myself to death. 
<laughs> so, Although, learning about this quote-unquote doctor or whoever the fuck he is. He's not a doctor. He's an alchemist. Well, that alchemist needs to drink poison because he's an asshole. Right. He needs to be locked in a dark room. With a straight jacket. Right. But he's and a, a punch and a stomp in the stomach. Right. But not in a padded room. One with spikes. Mm. And he can bang his head against that wall repeatedly. Right. Because he's a dick face. He is a dick face. So I'm going to end this on a more boring note. Did he die a virgin? Because it makes more sense. I don't know about that guy. But the most widely accepted theory was that of American medical historian John Waller, who laid out in several papers his reasons for believing that the dancing plague was a form of mass psychogenic disorder. Yes. Duh. Mass but that's the less fun version. But it's probably true. It's I think so it's I had the to give it to more you guys. I think it's the more fascinating version. I mean it's still is Because just, when you think about mass hysteria it's like it's like, oh that person has the sniffles. Oh no, we all have the sniffles. Right. But it's like and some these people, people fucking dance themselves to death. Like that's the coolest case of I mass know. hysteria ever. Yeah, and some I don't mean this in a mean way. I just feel like some people's brain are not weaker, but they're more Gullible. open. They're more susceptible to Gullible. believing stuff like uh-huh. that, you know? Uh-huh. But the fact, you're right, the fact that um, so many people fell into this you know, every is time I've, crazy. It is. And every time I've ever heard the term mass hysteria, this is literally what I've thought about. I've just never heard of it as choreomania. Right. Which is interesting. Right. So, and that was coined by Paracelsus or whatever the fuck his weirdo name is. Whatever his asshole name is. Um, But yeah, it's, I feel, I honestly, and again, I'm sounding like I'm like tooting my own horn, but I see things going on in the world today and I've seen examples of mass hysteria in, in, you know, modern times. Yeah. And I don't feel like I'd be one to follow in those footsteps. Yeah. First of all, I have um, crowd anxiety. Right. So that's going to keep me away from it. But I just, I don't feel like my brain is, I functions like, that way. Well, like, I feel like people that don't have common sense are usually the ones that fall for it. Would fall it? into that. Like, it's almost like a hive mind type thing. Yeah. And people that can't, it's almost like people that can't think for themselves that needs someone else to tell them. It's more of like those followers, not leaders. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? They just want to be part of something even though they don't know what the fuck they're part of it They for. need to be told how to feel or what to think or, you right. know what I mean? Right. Like, I know I know a lot of people that are like that. And it's kind of like, can you not have your own opinion or can you not, can you not feel how you're allowed to feel about this or not make up your own mind on yeah. your own opinion on this? Who gives a fuck what anybody else has to say or think, just, you know what I mean? I right. feel like the people that are afraid to step out of their own way are the kind of people that would fall into this mass hysteria thing. Right. And I think there's a portion of them that aren't really, like, hypnotized by this thing and just doing it because their brain is telling them this is happening to them. I think some of them are doing it to join in the, the like, event that's going on to be like, oh, my God, it happened to me, too. You know? I know a lot of those people, too. Yeah. That could add to it, too. <laughs> those are the followers. Yeah. I'm the one on the sidelines that's like, what the fuck is happening right, right What now? is wrong with you people? Yeah. Snap out of it. Seriously. Yeah. That's, that's what my stance has always been on a lot of these things. Like, why the fuck is this happening to all these people? Right. Like, why are they falling for that? Or, 
you know, just some something. Do that, you know how stupid you look? Yeah, something to me that is like <laughs> seems so like obvious, I don't know, obvious, and I, they these people are like. I don't know, doing whatever, but it's like tons of them. And I'm just like, I don't get it. Like, why? Why do you guys believe all that? Like, right. this is so crazy to me. So I don't think if I, I was alive. I a few gigantic examples where I feel like that all <laughs> right. the time. Well, yeah. <laughs> but I do think like if I was around in the 1500s or 1300s. 1300s yeah. So the first one's 13. The more recent one that I was talking about, about Trophea. That was in the 1500s. Right. Either one, I feel like I would not have been one of the townspeople that joined in. Unless I was a sexually frustrated wife. (laughs) (laughs) Or husband. Who knows? Maybe I was a dude back then. Right. I don't know. That's hilarious. But that's my story. I hope you guys enjoyed it. That's cool. Yeah. Now go dance. Dance until your feet bleed. You can dance if you want to. Leave your friends behind and then you die. Oh, shit. (laughs) Remix. With chorophobia, that's what would happen. With spectrophilia. Shit. Spectrophilia is way different than choreophobia. We're totally going to talk about that shit. We too. will. Not today, but we're going to talk it about it. It is kind of like dancing, but between the sheets. Not on the streets. Shit! <laughs> <laughs> Got him. We're going to take a quick break. Before we get to your story, I was just, this just like popped in my head, but it's popped in my head many times. But I love stories from, you know, back in, in like medieval times or even just like, you know, Hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Not even in our country, like, a hundred, two hundred years ago. Oh, girl, me too. But the reason I've realized that I love those stories is because in those times to them, magic was real. Yeah. You know, the devil was real and he was here. He was taking shit over. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. And to them, it was so real that it was terrifying, which I don't really want that. Right. But at the same time, the fact that, like, in their minds, magic was a real thing. Yeah, they didn't know any better. Right. Magic was real. Fairies were real. These, like, fake creatures that we know are not real anymore. Those were all so real to them. Yeah. And I just, I, that's such an awesome feeling. Like, I want to believe that magic is real. And I do think in some form it might be. There's a chance. But to them, it was not a question. It was it was real. Right. And that to me is like my fantasy world. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Where in my fantasy world, magic is real. There's like unicorns and dragons and fairies and you could cast spells and you know what I mean? Right. And they believe that to be true. And that's just so awesome to me. Until the Salem witch trials or medieval times where you could be burned because people thought you were a witch. Well, yeah. And what they thought were witches or what they thought constituted you being a witch was pretty much if you blinked wrong, they would burn you at the stake. Well, Katie just took it to a much darker side. I'm sorry. I'm a a history nerd. I... But it is cool. I'm just talking about in their brains. Right. They literally believed that stuff was fact. It was real. Right. And that to me is so magical. But yes, also, if I really It also makes them stupid, though. If I... (laughs) Well, yeah, but if I really lived back in those times, obviously it's a much scarier thing. Yeah. But just, like, to be able to really believe in your head, like, oh, my God, magic is real. Right, because they didn't know any better. Yeah, yeah. that's, like, such, it's so magical. That's why, like, I always. I'm seeing it more in, like, the fairy tale version. Right. Not, like, the real realistic version. Right. But that's why I always say, like, I'd love to be able to just, like, 
get in a time machine. Oh, me too. And like go back to those times, but like be like invisible. Like they wouldn't be able to see you. So you can like witness it. I'm not trying to get burned at no stake. Right. But they're not going to be like, witch or. Right. You know what I mean? But just to be able to like witness it, see it experience it smell it and then you'd be like take me home right oh my god there's <laughs> shit in the street <laughs> everywhere oh my god. but you know what i mean to be able to see it and take it in and like see living you know all of these things that we've learned about and all of these things that i'm interested in and the way but we the picture sa- it to see if it's really exactly or right or to see if it's fucking wrong Ooh, yeah because you know history is written from one point of view, most of the time, it's always from the winning point of view when it comes to a war. Always, or it's from like, you know, when you read about royals, it's usually written from the perspective of, you know, a royal being like virile and like strong and this. Where, like, we were talking about Henry VIII not too long ago. Right. You know, he's often written as like a tyrant and he's this and he's that. But. For most of his life, he was not like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I want to see what he was like before he fell and he hit his head when he was like this master sportsman and he was this and he was that. And yes, he was indulgent. But I want to see like all that shit. I know. I do too. I want to be able to separate. I would love to see. I know. Like I want to see things that we're taught historically to be able to separate fact from fiction. Yeah. Like, I think it would be so cool to just be able to be like, I want to see this. Right. And jump to any period in history yeah. and be like, oh my gosh, I got to see that for myself. I know. Because you're right. I mean, you don't know how it's told and you don't know who is telling it and from what perspective. And if they're throwing like, in an opinion or if they're, or if their sources are even reliable. Right. Because it goes so far back. I right. Know. But it would be... So fucking cool. Or like to go to the Scottish Highlands. Oh my gosh, that'd be so cool. Back in the day, I mean. I mean, we can go there, but it's, I mean, to like feel the history. Yeah, before the like major battles and stuff. You know, like just to see how their way of life was. Yeah. It'd be so awesome. See all the tartans and like the, oh my gosh. Just putting like the peat on the fire in their little cottages. That'd be so cool. I know. I know. I would get so sucked in. It'd be like, I know I'm invisible, but I'm never leaving. I know. Can I just (laughs) stay here forever? I'm just going to stay here and find my Jamie and just, Oh, I know. Turn or turn visible and just live there forever. I'm a Mackenzie. Yeah. (laughs) So I have been doing some reading. All right. And I want to teach you all about the Victorian murder of Julia Martha Thomas. All right, I've never heard of her. She, this murder has been dubbed the Barnes Mystery or the Richmond Murder by the press. It was one of the most notorious crimes in the Victorian period of the UK. Okay, cool. So, this is the murderess. She looks like a murder man. Right. Her (laughs) name is... Dressed as a woman. Her name is Kate Webster. Dude, she seriously, she looks like Johnny Depp's character in Willy Wonka. She looks like a psycho. Yeah, for real. She's She's described as like a manly woman. She looks it. The way that she was described in the newspapers was a manly woman um, and her complexion was heavily freckled and she had big, like she had like large prominent teeth. Ooh, weird. Like she had big teeth. Yeah. 
That's strange. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't find... I'm trying fi- to picture it. Again... I couldn't find a picture of her with her mouth open. Again, if you picture Johnny Depp as Willy Wonka, he had these he big, had big old prominent, prominent teeth. teeth. Yeah. Weird. Although back then her teeth were... I fashioned his character after her. I don't know. Because she that's what she looks like. Yeah, so she was Irish. So... Was she like six foot seven? Because she looks like... Very brooding man. She does look creepy, doesn't she? She does. She's a She's career. Evil as fuck. She was a career criminal, but it, she wasn't. I believe it. She wasn't good at it. Okay. Which is what actually drew me to this, because she was, she was a criminal her whole life, but she was terrible at it. Like everything she did, she just sucked at it. So <laughs> you're a stupid criminal. She was like a petty theft, and she, but she got caught all the time. Yeah. She was a pathological liar, but none of her lies were even like. Remotely believable. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, she just sucked at everything she did, but she kept fucking doing it. Yeah. How is her ass not locked up? I know. So, um, the woman that she killed, Julia Martha Thomas, she was a widow in her 50s who lived in Richmond in London. She was murdered on the 2nd of March in 1879 by her maid, Kate Webster, who was a 30-year-old Irish I wish, which is kind of like Irish. She was an Irish woman. <laughs> she was an Irish woman. She was an Irish woman with a history of theft. Webster disposed of the body by dismembering it, boiling the flesh off the bones, and throwing most of the remains into the River Thames. It was alleged, although never proven, that Webster had offered the fat to a publican. Mm. Neighbors and street children as dripping and lard. Part of Thomas's remains were subsequently recovered from the river. Her severed head remained missing until October of 2010. What? When the skull was found during building works being carried out for Sir David Attenborough. Mm. Do you know who he is? No, but 2010 is quite recent. Yeah. How the fuck do they know it's her and who is he? How do you not know who David Attenborough is? So, I feel like I've heard the name. Yeah. Um, he's an English broadcaster and a natural historian. He is best known for writing and presenting in conjunction with the BBC Natural History Unit. But he's been on BBC television from the 60s on. Okay. I've, um, I've probably seen him before. His name won, sounds familiar. This is a really bad picture because yeah. that's not like what I remember and him looking. And when he was like 100. So. Well, he yeah. And he's 94 right now. Right. Um, but like he went to Cambridge and I mean, he's been fucking everywhere. So he's been on the BBC. He's famous. I mean, he's narrated things. Yeah. I've definitely heard of him. He's been knighted by the queen. I mean. So what was his thing with her? Like he found her? So he owns right now. He Mm -hmm. owns the land that used to be where the woman that died lives. How did I, they know 100% it was her head? Yeah, I'll get into that. Ooh, yeah. Okay. But, so in 2010, they found her skull on his land. Because he owns the land that this used, in fact, he owns the building. He lives in the building that used to be. Wow. I'll get into that. Okay. Um, But that's where they found her head in 2010. That is super recent. Yeah. After the murder, Webster posed as Thomas for two weeks, but was exposed and fled back to Ireland um, and her uncle's home in, uh, I forget how to pronounce it. It looks like one thing. Just say it. In That's Ireland, true. but I'm just going to say in Ireland, in County Wexford. 
She was arrested there on March 29th and returned to London where she stood trial at the Old Bailey in July in 1879. At the end of a six-day trial, Webster was convicted and sentenced to death after a jury of matrons rejected her last-minute attempt to avoid the death penalty by pleading pregnancy. She finally confessed to the murder the night before she was hanged on July 29th at Wandsworth Prison. The case attracted a huge public interest and was widely covered by the press in both Britain and Ireland. Webster's behavior after the crime and during the trial further increased the notoriety of the murder. In fact, I believe the crown prince of Sweden mm-hmm. showed up like on the fourth day of the trial. Oh, really? Yeah, he became like the king. Like later, he was there. I mean, it drew like international. Yeah. Yeah, attention. So, um, this is still about um, the victim. So it says Julia Thomas was a former school teacher who had been twice widowed. Since the death of her second husband in 1873, she lived on her own at two Mayfield Cottages, also known as two Vine Cottages, in Park Road in Richmond, London. The house was a two-story, semi-detached villa built in gray stone with a garden at the front and back. The area was not heavily populated at the time, although her house was close to a public house called The Hole in the Wall, um, which was kind of like a, a, bar. a bar. Yeah. Right. Thomas was described by her doctor, George Henry Rudd, as a small, well-dressed lady who was about 54 years old. Elliot O'Donnell, summing up contemporary accounts in his introduction to a transcript of Webster's trial, said that Thomas had an excitable temperament and was regarded by her neighbors as eccentric. She frequently traveled, leaving her friends and relatives unaware of her whereabouts for weeks or months at a time. Thomas was uh, was a member of the lower middle class, and as such was not wealthy, but she habitually dressed up and wore jewelry to give the impression of prosperity. Her desire to employ live-in domestic servant, a, a live-in domestic servant, probably had as much to do with status as with practicality. I feel like that's true to, in today's I feel too. like it's yeah. exactly just as relevant exactly. now. Yeah. yeah. However, she had a reputation for being a harsh employer, and her irregular habits meant that she had difficulty finding and retaining servants. Before 1879, Thomas had only been able to keep one maid for any length of time. On January 29th in 1879, Thomas took on Kate Webster as her servant. Webster had, bo- had been born as Kate Lawler in County Wexford in 1849 and was later described by the Daily Telegraph as a tall, strongly made woman of about oh. 5 feet 5 inches in height with sallow and much freckled complexion and a large or, and large and prominent teeth. Because she was a man, baby. Because she was hideous. Mm-hmm. The details of Webster's early life are unclear, as many of her later autobiographical statements proved unreliable, but she claimed to have been married to a sea captain called Webster, by whom she had four children. According to Webster's account, all of the children died, as did her husband, within a short time of each other. Hmm. Right. Curious. She was imprisoned for larceny in Wexford in December of 1864 when she was only about 15 years old. She came Damn. to right. She came to England in 1867. In February of 1868, she was sentenced to, sentenced to four years of penal servitude for committing larceny in Liverpool. Webster was released from jail in January of 1872, and by 1873, she had moved to Rose Gardens in Hammersmith, West London 
where she became friends with a neighboring family named Porter. On April 18th of, of 1874, she gave birth to a son whom she named John W. Webster in Kingston-upon-Thames. The identity of the father is unclear as she named three different men at various times. She's a hoe. Mm-hmm. One man named Strong was her accomplice in further robberies and thefts. She later claimed to have been forced into crime, that she had been forsaken by him and committed crimes for the purpose of supporting myself and child. Girlfriend sucked at committing crimes. She always got caught mm-hmm. and always ended up in fucking jail. Not for very long. Well, it would she be like a year out. here, four years here. That's a lot. Whatever no, here, whatever there. Yeah. And even like, oh my God. Webster moved frequently around West London using various aliases, including Webb, Webster, Gibbs, Gibbon, and Lawler. While living in Teddington, she was arrested and convicted in May of 1875 of 36 charges of larceny. She was sentenced to 18 months in Wandsworth Prison. Not long after leaving prison, Webster was arrested again for larceny and was sentenced to another 12 months imprisonment in February of 1877. Her young son was cared for in her absence by Sarah Creese, a friend who worked as a chairwoman for Miss Loder in Richmond. But what about all the other times? <laughs> right, I know. You know what I mean? This poor little boy. Well, you know, lucky for him, his mom was locked up and couldn't, you know, corrupt his brain. Right? Sounds like a nut. I would have thought for sure she was a man if she didn't have an actual baby. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, I know. And a man in disguise. Oh, my God. She's... This bitch is crazy. Um, so the woman that looked over... Her son, all these times when she was locked up. Um, in January of 1879, Crease fell ill and Webster stood for her as a temporary replacement at Loder's house. Loder knew Thomas as a friend. So Thomas is the woman that she killed. Okay. Um, as a friend and was aware of her wish to find a domestic servant. She recommended Webster on the basis of the latter's temporary work for her. When Thomas met Webster, she engaged her on the spot, though she did not appear to have made any inquiries about Webster's character or past. After after Webster was taken on by Thomas, the relationship between the two women appears to have deteriorated... I can't talk. (laughs) Deteriorated rapidly. Thomas disliked the quality of Webster's work and frequently criticized it. Webster later said... At first, I thought her a nice old lady, but I found her very trying, and she used to do many things to annoy me during my work. When I had finished my work in my rooms, she used to go over it again after me and point out places where she said I did not clean, showing evidence of a nasty spirit towards me. Well, if you suck at cleaning, yeah. and she's saying, clean here, yeah, and you then you do fucking it. suck. Right. Webster, in turn, became increasingly resentful of Thomas to the point that Thomas attempted to persuade friends to stay with her as she did not like to be alone with Webster. It was arranged that Webster would leave Thomas's service on 28 February. Thomas recorded her decision in her last diary entry, gave Catherine warning to leave. So. And then she killed her. Right. <laughs> killed her. Boss. Whacked her. So. Yeah. <laughs> So, Webster persuaded Thomas to keep her on for a further three days until Sunday, March 2nd. She had Sunday afternoons off as a half day 
and was expected to return in time to help Thomas prepare for an evening service at the local Presbyterian church. On this occasion, however, Webster visited the local alehouse and returned late, delaying Thomas's departure. 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 <laughs> the two women quarreled. Carol Baskin. <laughs> killed her husband. Departure. Departure. <laughs> <laughs> the two women quarreled, and several members of the congregation later reported that Thomas had appeared very agitated on arriving at the church. She told a fellow congregant that she had d- been delayed by, quote-unquote, the neglect of her servant to return home at the proper time, and said that Webster had flown into a terrible passion upon being rebuked. Thomas returned home from church early about 9 p.m. and confronted Webster. According to Webster's eventual confession, and this is what she said, Mrs. Thomas came in and went upstairs. I went up after her, and we had an argument, which ripened into a quarrel, and in the height of my anger and rage, I threw her from the top of the stairs to the ground floor. She had a heavy fall, and I became agitated at what had occurred, lost all control of myself, and to prevent her screaming and getting me into trouble, I caught her by her throat, and in the struggle, she was choked, and I threw her on the floor. Mm. Mm-hmm. I determined to do away with the body as best I could. I chopped the head from the body oh with the assistance gosh. of a razor. Which, a razor? Which I used to cut through the flesh afterwards. Oh, I also used the meat saw and the carving knife to cut up, or to cut the body up with. Oh my God. I prepared the copper with water to boil the body to prevent identity. And as soon as I had succeeded in cutting it up, I placed it in the copper and boiled it. I opened the stomach with the carving knife and burned up as much of the parts as I could. All right. See, that right there is what makes you a psycho. If you get in a heated argument and accidentally kill someone, that's, like, not good. But it it happened. But then she's but like, then, I'm going to dismember this bitch and boil to, her inside. To, dismem- to be able to dismember someone and not just freak out and be like, oh, my God, I can't believe I just fucking did this. Yeah. To be able to actually do that. You are a psycho. Right. There's no other way to do that. Well, not only that, the, the fact I cut that open the stomach and like, you didn't even, even need to do that shit. Right. <laughs> you could have just, you know, boiled uh, the stomach. Like, you yeah, have cut that shit open, you weirdo. So, even worse. Oh, God. <laughs> the neighbors even noticed like this natural, like this nasty, like putrid smell. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. And, um... Ugh. There was... So, apparently the smell was there for, like, a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And so she was So able, she didn't cook it right away. Well, no, she did. But she was able to, like, pack up the body parts, like, into bags mm-hmm. and stuff. And she was able to fit everything away except for the head and one foot. Which is... Yum. So that's what she buried. She didn't bury anything. Oh. She dumped it in the Thames. Oh, so the head just like went down river and ended up in the ground at that dude's house? No, it wasn't in the ground. They found it in the water? No. It Where never went it? in the water. So So it says Webster later spoke of how she greatly overcome both the horrible sight before me and the smell. However, the activity at two Mayfield cottages did not seem to be out of the ordinary as it was customary in many households for the washing to begin 
early on Monday morning. Over the next couple of days, Webster continued to clean the house and Thomas's clothes to put on a show of normality for people who called for orders. Behind the scenes, she was packing Thomas's dismembered remains into a black Gladstone bag and a corded, a corded wooden bonnet box. She was unable to fit the murdered woman's head and one of the feet into the containers and dispose of them separately, throwing the foot onto a rubbish heap in Twickenham. I know I'm not saying that right, but I don't care. <laughs> I couldn't tell you what it was. So. Right. The head was buried under the hole in the wall's stables a short distance from Thomas's house, where it was found 131 years later. So it was buried. Well. On that dude's property who bought it later. But it wasn't actually buried buried. It wasn't like buried like in the ground. Oh. Um, on March 4th, Webster traveled to Hammersmith to see her old neighbors, the Porters, um, whom she had not seen for six years, wearing Thomas's silk dress and carrying the Gladstone bag, which she had filled with some of Thomas's remains. Ew. Webster introduced herself to the Porters as Mrs. Thomas. She claimed that since last meeting the Porters, she had married, had a child, been widowed, and had been left to a house, uh, been left a house in Richmond by an aunt. She invited Porter and his son Robert to a pub, the Oxford and Cambridge Arms in Barnes. Along the way, she disposed of the bag that she was carrying, probably by dropping it into the River Thames, while the porters were inside the pub drinking. It was never recovered. Webster then asked young Robert Porter if he would help her carry a heavy box from two Mayfield cottages to the station. As they crossed the Richmond Bridge, Webster dropped the box into the Thames. She was able to explain it away and did not arouse Robert's suspicion. So she was able to get rid of all of it. Yeah. Without anybody noticing. Did she just like pretend to like slip and drop the box in or something? I guess. The following day, however, the box was found washed up in shallow water next to the riverbank about five miles downstream. It was spotted by Henry Wheatley, a coal porter who was driving his cart past Barnes Railway Bridge shortly before... Before? Shortly before seven... (laughs) Seven in the morning. British and Irish. I'm Irish all of a sudden. (laughs) Shortly before. Uh, Shortly before seven in the morning. He initially thought that the box might contain the proceeds of a burglary. He recovered the box and opened it. Finding that it contained what looked like body parts wrapped in brown paper. The discovery was immediately reported to the police and the remains were examined by a doctor who found that they consisted of the trunk minus entrails Ew. And legs, minus one foot, of a woman. The head was missing and was later assumed to have been thrown into the river separately by Webster. It was assumed. Assumed. Around the same time, a human foot and ankle were found in Twickenham. It was clear that all of the remains belonged to the same corpse, but there was nothing to connect them with Thomas and no means to identify the remains. The doctor who examined the body parts erroneously attributed them to a young person with very dark hair. An inquest. How the fuck would you know that? I'm assuming pubes. Well, he's also wrong. She was an old lady. She was. She was like mid-50s. Oh, I guess that's not that old. But for the time, maybe. Well, no, for the time she was old. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, right now it's not, but... But she had no... No one better call me a fucking old lady when I'm in my 50s. Right. But if they're only going by a torso... Yeah, where do you get, like, a young lady And she had been in the water for that long? Yeah. 
So it, the body she may just have pulling shit out of his ass. Maybe. And if she's going by like black pubes or something. Yeah, but there's uh, no head, and the water is probably swollen. Like the body's probably swollen right. from being in the water, so it probably appeared younger than it was. Well, then he wasn't a very good doctor. Yeah, he probably sucked. <laughs> <laughs> um, doctors today would not make that mistake. Oh, no. Um, where was that? An inquest on March 10th through 11th resulted in an open verdict on the cause of death. And the unidentified remains were laid to rest in Barnes Cemetery on March 19th. The newspapers dubbed the unexplained murder the Barnes Mystery amid speculation that the body had been used for dissection and anatomical study. It was later alleged that Webster had offered two pots of lard to a neighbor supposed to have been rendered from Thomas's boiled fat. Oh, gosh. However, no evidence about this was offered at the subsequent trial, and it seems likely that the story was merely a legend, particularly as several versions of the story appear to exist. The proprietress of a nearby pub claimed that Webster had visited her establishment and tried to sell what she called best dripping there. Ew. I know. Uh, Leonard Reginald Gribble, a writer on criminology, commented that there is no acceptable evidence that such a repulsive sale was ever made, and it is more than possible that the episode belongs rightfully with the rest of the vast collection of apocryphal stories that has accumulated not unnaturally about the persons and deeds of famous criminals. That whole sentence was a lot of words. It was. I was like, the. Uh, it's like, dude, we all know you're smart. Could you? Yeah. Can you, you dumb it down a little it? bit? Right. Like, yeah. Like for my level. <laughs> right. So. Graphical something. Oh, uh, what a hua. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, she takes off. She goes to Ireland. Okay. She goes back to her uncle's house. In County Wexford. And they're like, oh, no, you don't, bitch. Mm. And so, like, so they have to... Ireland gets her? She flees to Ireland. Okay. She goes back to her uncle's property in County Wexford. Okay. So they're like, uh-uh, bitch. So they go get her, and they have to make a bunch of stops on the way back. Well, every time they stop on the way back, it's, get, it's like, garnering more and more and more attention. Yeah. And so... I'm picturing, like, Game of Thrones right now, when they have to, like take the prisoner from, like, one area to, like, really far away. Yes! They have to travel across the land Exactly. Exactly. That's so, my magical and state the, of mind. I know. Well, there's no better <laughs> thing to think about than Game of Thrones. No, but, for sure. Um, God, we should do, like, a whole ten-part series on Game of Thrones. They'd be like, bitches, we watched it. <laughs> I'd be like, watch it again. I love that. So, um, so every time they stop, they're, like, sucking in more and more people, and they're like, fuck you bitch like whatever right and so they they're making their way with her back to richmond in london and so everything starts and they're like at the trial you know she's saying this or she's saying that and they're like okay i'm sentencing you to death and she's like i'm pregnant you can't Mm -hmm. kill a pregnant woman and so they're like fine we're gonna get a jury of matrons yeah so they should have just got a doctor to examine. Her. So well, they couldn't. At first, they were like, "Fine." So what the jury of matrons decided to do was, we're gonna check for the quickening, and they were like, "There's no quickening. She's not pregnant." What is a quickening? A quickening is like, um, you know how like when you're pregnant, a, before even an ultrasound, a doctor can feel you. Oh yeah, yeah. Like your uterus is already swollen. 
quickened. Exactly. Oh, that's, okay. That's the quickening. So there you were said like, it to me like I knew what you're talking about. You've had like, four kids. Well, in modern times, they don't call it the quickening to your face, at least. To your face. They don't. I've never heard that term. Really? Mm-mm. I've had one kid and I knew that term. <laughs> Not me. They yeah. just get in there and they're like, oh, yep. Yeah. You're pregnant. I'm so. Like, yeah, no. Well, that's what they called it back then. I don't know what they call it now, but I've heard the term. Now they call it, oh, you're pregnant. Right. They're like, I'd be like, cool. Get your finger out of there. So. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> so they had a bunch of bitches and they're like, oh, you're not pregnant. <laughs> And so they told the they told a doctor um, yeah. that like they had hired on I guess but no. the doctor didn't check her the jury of matrons or whatever checked her okay and they were like she hasn't quickened right and so but they knew they probably gave it like a certain amount of time to see well they said she may know that she's pregnant but she may not have quickened yet so okay. the doctor was like I will check her. Mm-hmm. So the doctor is the last one to check her, and he was like, "She's not pregnant," because mm. the doctor could tell. Right. And the doctor's like, Mm-mm, "She's not even no, she's yeah, not pregnant." Not happening. But the doctor knew what to feel for, like if she was pregnant, but hadn't like quickened yet. Okay. Okay. So okay. he was like, mm, "No, she's not pregnant." Right. So then finally, she confesses to everything, and they hang her the next day. So was she thinking maybe that by confessing she might... She might... They might spare her life. Right. Yeah. So... They're like, oh, shit. Hang the noose. Right. Let's go. Right. So here's all the jury of matrons. I'm trying to find the part where they talk about... Oh. So this this part I found was really interesting. So um, you know how, like, Madame Tussauds, like, has a wax museum and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Yeah. So Madame mm-hmm. Tussaud was actually alive like in the Victorian era. Okay. So like that's when she started like the whole like wax museum and everything. So Oh, so there's some like really old wax sculptures. Webster's notoriety that within only a few weeks of her arrest and well before she had gone to trial, Madame Tussauds created a wax effigy of her and put it on oh display. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. For those who wished to see the Richmond murderess. It remained on display well into the 20th century along other notorious killers. I bet there's pictures. Such as Burke and Hare and Holly Harvey Crippen. We'll have to look her up. Right. Um, so I thought that was really cool. I'm trying to yeah, find... Yeah, that is really cool. I'm trying... Oh, there was a... Okay, there was... The case was also commemorated while it was still ongoing by street ballads, musical narratives set to the tune of popular songs. H. Such, a printer and publisher in Southwark, issued a ballad entitled Murder and Mutilation of an Old Lady Near Barnes, shortly after Webster had been arrested, set to the tune of Just Before the Battle Mother, a popular song of the American Civil War. I don't know how it goes. I don't either. Um, at I'm the end of the that. trial, Such issued another ballad set to the tune of Driven from Home, announcing a terrible crime at Richmond at last on Catherine Webster now has been cast. Tried and found guilty, she is sentenced to die from strong hand of justice she cannot fly. She has tried all excuses, but of no avail. About this and murder, she's told many tales. She's tried to throw blame on others as well, but with all her cunning, at last she has fell. 
So that's one of his little tunes. Um, yeah. It's like those people who would go into the court, you know, and like play their guitar and sing, just make up songs about what's going on in the kingdom and shit. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know what they're called. Oh, you those, are, those are, um. I'm thinking Jester, but it's not a Jester. Oh my God. But you know what I'm talking Of course, about. It, it escapes me now. And I've always wanted a reason to talk about those people. But they just go around playing their little yep. whatever that stringed instrument was uh-huh. and just sing relevant songs of the happenings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there was an interesting factoidy bit. Oh, here we go. Discovery of Thomas's skull. So right here, so this is the house. Okay. Right here is David Attenborough's house. This building right here is was that like pub the hole in the wall yeah and behind the tree right here is david Attenborough's house but this his house and this building right here Mm -hmm. was two whatever um on park road Mm -hmm. it was right here so david attenborough owns this this and and that like pub place okay so it says in 1952 the naturalists are david attenborough and his wife jane Bought a house situated between the former Mayfield cottages, which still stand today, and the Hole in the Wall pub. The pub closed in 2007 and fell into dereliction, but was bought by Attenborough in 2009 to be redeveloped. On October 22, 2010, workmen carrying out excavation work at the rear of the old pub uncovered a dark circular object, which turned out to be a woman's skull. It had been buried underneath foundations. Oh, okay, so it was. Uh, foundations that had been in place for at least 40 years on the site of the pub's stables. It was immediately speculated that the skull was the missing head of Thomas, and the coroner asked Richmond police to carry out an investigation into the identity and circumstances of death of the skull's owner. It's crazy that this was like almost 100 years later, and instantly they're like, must be Thomas's skull. Right. You know, like, it was still such a prevalent mystery to those people. Right. Apparently, this was, like, a huge deal. Yeah. Carbon dating carried out at the University of Edinburgh dated the skull to between 1650 and 1880. While the... I know. That's, like, a wide range. While the fact that it had been deposited on on top of a layer of Victorian tiles suggested Mm. that it belonged to the end of this era. The skull had fracture marks consistent with Webster's account of throwing Thomas down the stairs, and it was found to have low collagen levels consistent with it being boiled. Ooh. Mm-hmm. In July 2011, the coroner concluded that this was indeed that of Thomas. DNA testing was not possible as she had died childless and no relatives could be traced. In addition, there was no record of where the rest of her body had been buried. The coroner recorded a verdict of unlawful killing, superseding the open verdict recorded in 1879. The cause of Thomas's death was given as asphyxiation and head injury. The police called the outcome a good example of how good old-fashioned detective work, historical records, and technological advances came together to solve the Barnes mystery. The skull was interred in an unmarked grave at Richmond Cemetery on August 24, 2011. Wow, that is... A long time to finish a case. And what are the odds that a famous person would just happen to buy? Well, he was able to buy three lots, I guess, and it happened to be on one of them. Right. He bought, like, a a place of, like, a famous Victorian murder mystery. Right. And then he was... Maybe that's why he bought it. Maybe. 
But then they he wanted to like <clears throat> redo whatever that derelict hole in the wall place yeah. was doing, and it's like boop, there's her head. Yeah, it's like oh shit, I found it. Right. <laughs> that would be so fucking crazy. Like, can you imagine how many people? Because no one's gonna just do this on a whim. If there was people, especially around where we live, because it's Civil War territory. Oh yeah. If you just hired like cadaver dogs to come like search your neighborhood. Oh something. my god! You know what I'm saying? Because they can find um, remains over a hundred years old. Yeah, under the dirt. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, yeah, they can find them like up to like twelve feet down, I think. Right, and around this area, there's so much open land that still hasn't even been turned into neighborhoods yet. I've you always wanted I mean? to take cadaver dogs to like the battlefield. Oh yeah, it'd be so crazy, wouldn't it? Yes, because you're not allowed to dig in the battlefield, and I don't think so, you're allowed to take cadaver dogs there either. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe if someone's missing and they say, like, it looks like a fresh dug grave. but That's would, one thing, but I don't think you're just allowed to, like... But it would like... be cool, though. Yeah. Like, what they should do is hire cadaver dogs, and everywhere they sit and they bark, just put a flag there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, everywhere they do it. You don't do, have... like, ground-penetrating radar. Yeah, you, know you, don't, what have I mean? you don't have to dig, dig it up right away. Just mark where they say there's bodies. Because, yeah. I mean, those people deserve to, like, you know, be laid to rest correctly, too. Yeah. You know? But that would be so awesome. But it would, on a battlefield, it's expected. You're going to find bodies. But can you imagine how many people, like, in their own backyard, people who have, like, two acres or something. Right. Where if they did, what if they were, like... Especially in had, places had that human remains old. Owned. Yes, exactly. Like, it could be over 100 years old, and that dog's going to fucking smell it. Yeah. Wouldn't that be so crazy That's, to know? I know. Every time they're, like, doing a new dig in the UK, and they're like, or, like... In, like, Rome or something like that. Every time they're doing a new dig, I'm like, what are they going to find? I know. They find shit all the time. I follow all these, like, Viking pages, like, in Scandinavia. Yeah. Because I'm obsessed with with Vikings. Mm -hmm. Like, the actual history of, like, the Scandinavians and stuff like that. That's, like, my fucking jam. Okay. And so, um, I follow all these things. And I don't know if you are aware, but they are finding all sorts of shit. All these burials and, like... Um, ships and all these stuff, and they're finding all these like warrior graves and all this stuff, mm-hmm. which a lot of them are women. Oh, shield yeah. maidens! Hell yeah, they're so. But it's like it's like one thing after another. They just keep finding them, and it's like they're fucking hot right now. I have to find the show, and so they keep just finding all of these things. Like every day, it, it feels like every day there's like finding something new, and it's like I want to go somewhere that is that fucking old oh yeah just to be a fly on the wall like i don't even have to touch anything i don't have to speak just let me watch i know i just let me see something there's this show that one of my clients told me about and he did like reschedule my trip with my dad to norway because we had to reschedule it when i was like my husband's going yeah i had to like uh this money has to go towards my divorce right (laughs) not my trip to norway right but i need to like reschedule that shit because oh my god i have to see it all well, there's a show that one of my clients told me about when, because I was I talked to her about shit like this too, and um, it's not an American show, but it, it's got to be like English or Irish because they speak English. I watch a lot know? of those shows, and I can't remember what it's called, but I had to like watch it on YouTube or something. Like I couldn't find it on any of my apps or anything. Mm-hmm. And there's like twenty seasons of this fucking show, Ooh. and in what the episode that I watched, um, something happened where. It, they, this family was adding a garden and they dug up something. Uh-huh. And it turned out to be like from the Bronze Age or something. Oh, I so love then shit like that. They called in like excavators and it 
first of all, turned out to be like a whole family was buried there. And they had clay pots and they had all this stuff from the Bronze Age with them. So then they only had permission, you know, for this one yard. Yeah, yeah. So then they had to go get permission for like the bordering yard. Was it like a mass grave? Yeah. <gasps> it was. Oh my God. And they found there was like paraphernalia. There was. That's like a freaking I mean, hard on that I was, can't have. It was like one of the biggest discoveries. And it was on this little where was this? show. They were covering it and they were there while they were like digging and stuff. I don't fucking remember, but it was on that show. That's incredible. Yeah, and it was so nuts. And so the woman, like, rightfully so, was, like, kind of bummed about it at first because she's like, I was just trying to make a garden. Now my whole fucking yard is dug up. Right. I just want to plant flowers. (laughs) Like, they had to dig up the whole fucking thing. (laughs) And there was probably even more, but you can't really dig underneath the house. No. You know what I mean? To, like, because that just wouldn't. The house would fall. Right. But um, sinkhole anyone? So it like <laughs> spanned across all these like house lots. Oh my god. And it god. was like the coolest thing. And I was like, damn. See, they should have to right do right in their backyard. But they should have to like I don't know. I mean, I don't know how old their houses were, because I don't know where they are. But they should have to like do some sort of shit before they can build. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I feel like they keep finding all of this shit and there's shit on top of it. Right. Like I understand using old foundations, like in these old, like Roman cities and shit yeah. like that. Like I understand using old foundations and building on top of them. Yeah. Or like old, sh- like new streets on top of old streets. I get that. Right. But if there's fucking bodies, I don't think you should be building on top of well, them. Well, they didn't know. But Those I feel bodies like, are from so long ago. I know. I just feel like the- there should be some sort of way. Like, hey, you dig a hole over here. Dig yeah. way fucking down and make sure that there isn't here. Like, dig a 10 foot by 10 foot hole. Well, they could just do, like you said, like the ground penetrating the ground radar. ground penetrating radar and just to make sure there's not. Well, now they can. I just yeah. feel like, like I but said, I don't know where they were. were. Probably. I mean, most. If the houses were 50 years old, they yeah, didn't have ground at penetrating least, radar. I would say, you know? Right. This I'm episode just saying, was like, probably even like 20 years ago. Right. You know what I mean? I just feel like even now, like, they sh- they have to do something you know what i mean right well they dig up so much land now so deep that something would probably come up during the you know excavation yeah yeah um like my brother lives in old town alexandria and i was so fucking bummed that i couldn't go see this oh is that what it was was only for like three days Mm -hmm. oh cool yeah but um step gino so he lived right by (laughs) the waterfront on prince street at this time and they were building a new um hotel Mm -hmm. on the waterfront Mm mm-hmm so when they were building, they dug up a fucking ship from the 1600s. <gasps> I remember reading about that. Yeah. So you, they, I mean, obviously it was like all my protected friend lives and in, stuff. My friend lives in Old Town. But they were, you were only, there was like three days, like one weekend where you were able to go and, and like look at it. it and stuff. Yeah. And I think it turned out that it was a ship from like the 1600s and it was, it was the hull of the ship. That's it incredible. It was so awesome. But. They had no idea it was there. Of course, you know. Yeah. So, and it kind of sucks for the hotel because once they find that, they're like, "Fuck!" Now it's like a historical find, and you got to halt production on your hotel, right? Because now the government gets and they involved. They got to do all this yep. shit, you know. Yeah. Um. So I actually, I don't even know if a hotel ever went up there or not. But um, you know, you find shit all the time. Like when they found that Civil War road in Centerville, on yeah, the side of fucking twenty nine, yeah. You know? So it's just crazy to think how much is under the ground that we you know, haven't found yet. It's so funny because you just, you just mentioned like the civil war road in like Centerville and I'm like, meh, because like we're talking about like Rome and 
like the UK, oh, and I you're know. talking about like the fucking Bronze Age, you're and I'm like, about that's Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, but you're talking about like the Bronze Age, and I'm like, Civil War. Fuck that. I know. Like, we're... you say that until a Civil War soldier shows up in your room one night. I mean, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I heard one gallop by on a horse. Oh my gosh! One time, I've heard people say that when I was in my backyard. Like I was outside on the phone. Here's a little snippet of one thing I'll tell you guys, like on another episode when we do like paranormal activity. Ooh, let's do that next. Yeah. Oh, okay. easy. Okay, good. Just a real quick little tidbit of what we're gonna do next for paranormal activity episode three. Uh, one night. We done two. We've done two. Okay. Now yep. we have to do three. I remember. <laughs> um, I was on the phone. It was like. 1.30 in the morning. I was on the phone talking to Katie. At your new house? At my new house. house. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, okay. And have I showed you the map where my yes. phone... Okay. Mm-hmm. You so did show me that. my neighborhood is brand new. My neighborhood, the, the oldest part of my neighborhood, I think has been there for just about six years. Okay. And I'm in the newest section of my neighborhood and it was a year last month. <laughs> yeah. I've been in my house a year last month. So, um... My neighborhood, I found a plat from the Virginia Historical Society, and my neighborhood was where a bunch of regiments were waiting for Second Battle of Manassas during the Civil War. And it showed, like, what troops were where, you know, and all sorts of stuff. So I knew who was on my land. I knew who was on the land where my exact house sits. Yeah. So... And I'll get more into that. Um, but I was on the phone with Katie and it was dead silent. And I heard what sounded like something running, but I knew it wasn't a person. Oh, I think you did. And I was like, this. what the fuck is that? And Katie's like, what are you talking about? And I put it on, I put her on speakerphone and I was like, just be really quiet. Cause I was on my back. I have like a big covered like veranda on the back of my house and my backyard is fenced in. So I just put her on speakerphone and I said, don't say a word. And I heard this galloping, like this hard galloping. And it sounded like a horse running down the side of my house. So cool. I've heard this going, kind of story before. Going around my house, going to the field behind my house. Yeah. Because the person, the, the house that's behind my house, they don't have a fenced in backyard. And they're like, if you're in my backyard and you're facing... The house is behind us. You're looking at the side of their house, mm-hmm. but you're looking more at their backyard. Okay. So it's like this house, like this horse sound was running hard as shit just down the side of my house. Like it sounded like it was in my backyard. Yeah. Like my fence didn't exist. It was running down the side of my house through into like their, their backyard. Okay. I didn't see shit. Did she hear it? She heard it on speakerphone. Oh, that's so She nuts. was like, what the fuck is that? It's, I was like, it sounds like somebody's riding a horse through my backyard. Fast as shit. But there was nothing. I even turned on the, like, the flashlight on my phone because yeah. it was dark as hell. Nothing. I didn't see a deer. I didn't see a bear. I didn't that see a so dog. awesome. Sure, shit, didn't see a fucking horse. Nothing. And the people that live behind me have motion lights on the back of their house. Mm-hmm. So, like, if anything moves, it comes on as bright as hell. Nothing. So that's really common with battlefields is people either hear battle sounds uh-huh. or they hear horses running. I've heard people whispering. Or, um, some people hear like the whole, the actual sound of the battle, you know, going on. Uh-huh. Or like I said, they 
like you, I've heard people say it. They've heard people on horseback and not seen anyone or heard soldiers give commands or they, you know, like. I've heard people so whispering cool our area in that same area. Yeah. Like at three o'clock in the morning, I'll be out back like smoking a cigarette. I can't sleep, but I'm just sitting there and it's dead fucking silent. And all of a sudden I'll hear like what sounds like a man whispering. Dude, and I'm like, out. what the fuck? And for the longest time, and I've heard it so many times, and for the longest time, I swear, there's somebody in the backyard, like I'm being watched right. or something. I, that's how I feel too. I oh, My mind first goes to safety, like someone's Somebody's here. watching me. Right. <laughs> there's nobody there. Yeah. And then I'll hear the fucking horse, and I'm like, ah! I would love <laughs> But to there's nothing that. there. But anyways, that's a little taste for uh, Paranormal Twativity Episode 3. Well, now you got me wondering if what I heard, like the scream and the yelling, was really my neighbor. I'm sure it was. I mean, yeah. (laughs) In fact, on that note, let's go outside and turn off the lights and see what we hear. All right. All right, guys. Hasta la vista. Catch you next time. I'm going to go have a dance mania party. (laughs) Dance until you die. I'm going to dance until my feet bleed. You can dance if you want to. And then you can die. Oh, that didn't work. That sucks. I know. <laughs> Bye, guys. Yeah, you run and don't look back until you get to Pappy Shack, the bogeyman is here. You can dance if you want to. <laughs> Leave your friends behind. Dance Mania.